Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war I am so excited to have my guest today, Thomas Renz, who is a prominent American attorney, uh, political commentator, educator, advocate, businessman, and patriot. He gained international attention for his work challenging pandemic-related policies and vaccine mandates and advocating for individual liberties, medical freedom, and informed choice. His legal expertise and relentless advocacy have established him as a leading voice in the fight for our freedoms. I first heard about Thomas Renz when we were trying to get people alternative treatment in the hospital. And I I can't wait to talk with him about all those cases because as a nurse, he was the one that I was referring to because At that time, he was the only one to step up and fight. And so as you guys are listening to our interview today, I want you to keep in mind that it is absolutely just we have to use our voice and we have to use it louder than we ever have before. When we're faced with challenging of our First Amendment or getting shadow banned, or we're afraid of losing family or friends in our job. What happens in the background, guys, is they are taking over. And who is they? You know, that that's the question that many people have. Who is they? And why are they allowed to do what they have done and what they continue doing to this day? We're also going to touch on uh, Anthony Fauci's uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, which I even hate calling him a doctor because he's just been a political pencil pusher for many decades and hasn't taken care of patients. But we're going to talk about his Senate testimony and what he's been so far able to get away with. And as many of you guys know, my case with HHS is moving forward. We will be deposing Dr. Fauci um, in the next few weeks. So, you know, just keep us in your prayers. Keep all of us in your prayers that the truth will come to light and justice will be served. So thank you for joining me today, Tom. Glad to be here, Jody. I'm really honored to be here and I appreciated that very kind introduction. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and you know, let's start off talking about that because when I blew the whistle, I was connected with a group, um, American Frontline Nurses. And I know that many of them were using you to help save people from the hospital. Can you tell people what that was like and and what you did for so many Americans? Uh, well, what it was like is real easy, hell. 
Yeah. Uh, it was like hell. Uh, it was probably one of the most, I, I mean, I was a fireman when I was a young guy, so I've seen some really ugly things, and this was by far one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah we started out and we started studying, and I, I have medical science background, so I can study the science, I can read the science, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, Peter McCullough smart, but I'm uh, I'm more than capable of reading, understanding medical journals and epidemiology, so I started looking at this COVID thing, I see the whole thing's fraud. Well, once I start realizing the whole thing's fraud, I look further, I find out, okay, there are safe and effective treatments that actually work, but they're being denied. Why would you deny people yeah. a treatment that works? If you're going to tell someone, hey, you have no chance of survival, you're going to die, and they say, well, hey, can I at least try some ivermectin? Why would you say no? Right. Why would you say no? There's no reason for it. So, you know, this. I start looking at this, and, you know, I realized that this was nonsense that there's just corruption so we started you know pushing this and what would happen what happened was is people knew that i was already challenging the fraud that was the pandemic and i was the only guy doing that really right so so naturally people called me to say hey um, you know, you're you're talking about the fraud, you're fighting the fraud that's the pandemic, and my loved one's being murdered in a hospital. Can you help me? And it's an interesting thing because on a high level, you're fighting against the federal government and the state governments for these lockdowns and all this fraud and all these lies. And that's a very macro thing. You sue the government and it impacts, you know, everything. What I'm getting then are phone calls from individual people. Yeah. And each case is an individual case. And when you do this, it's a different animal as an attorney. And I'm telling this story for a very specific reason, because I want people to understand how this really felt when we were doing this. So I get a call from a wonderful nurse like you or a family member or someone, hey, I, this patient, you know, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, my cousin, sometimes my son or daughter, because, you know, adult kids. Um, you know, they're in the hospital with COVID and they won't give them anything but remdesivir. And we've heard that remdesivir is not safe. Um, they won't give them antibiotics, even though, you know, they have bacterial pneumonia. They're, they won't do this. They won't do that. And, you know, my loved one's saying that the that the, the, forced, the CPAP machine is turned up too high and it's hurting their lungs, but they keep turning it up higher. And, you know, we ask them not to, but then now, you know, now they want to put them on the vent. And, you know, the stuff that you heard a million times yeah. they'd call me with. Well, each case, each time I get this phone call, I'm a dad and I'm a husband and I'm a, a you know, I'm, I'm a fa family guy, right? So each time I get this phone call, I'm like, oh my God, someone's loved one is dying and I got to do something, right? Yeah. So you get the phone call. And uh, you you ask them, okay, so you know, tell me about your their situation. First of all, are you in my what state are you in? Because I have a lawyer that I can work with so that we can do something, right? Because I'm only licensed in Ohio. So if you're in Missouri, how do I do something, right? Right. So I end up making friends with a lot of lawyers through this, by the way. But um, so we find out where you're at. Then I find out, okay, tell me your 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 loved one's stats. Where are they? Because as you know, Jody. The hospitals became a murder assembly line. Yeah, you come in, you get you get your remdesivir, you get your this, your that, all these things that suppress your breathing, damage your organ systems, et cetera, et cetera. 
Then as you start to decline, they say that COVID's progressing. It's not that COVID's progressing. It's they're poisoning you and you're declining. Right. So your O2 levels drop because they've got you on on uh, you know different things that make it so that your 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 respiration drops. And so they say COVID's progressing. Well, then they put you on the CPAP and then the vent. And you know, meanwhile, they make more money. And and this becomes a very standard thing. Your O2 keeps dropping, your kidneys keep failing, your organ systems keep failing, and eventually you go on palliative care where they OD you on morphine and other drugs that they know are gonna kill you. Okay, so this is this is something we know this process from beginning to end. It becomes very clear what's happening. So I started, I asked people, well, where are they? How long have they been in the hospital? What's their O2 levels? Are, are they on the CPAP? Are they on the vent? How long have they been on it? What are their creatinine levels? And all these, for people listening who don't know, these are all things that you look at to determine where they are in, in the COVID process, right? Because the COVID process, when you went to a hospital, was get there, get the get the poisons get dead and yeah. so what i had to do was find out do i have time to file a suit do i have time to do it because you had a maximum depending on the state most states from the time you entered the hospital till the time that you were dead was about 9 to 16 days mm-hmm. it depended on the hospital system and it depended on the state but i it was clockwork yeah. So I could tell you based on creatinine levels, O2 levels, how long you'd been on the vent, CPAP or other, and uh, you know what the doctors are saying, how close your loved one was to death. Mm-hmm. Then the question became, could I put a case together and get something in a court that quick? And the answer was almost universally no. It was almost impossible because it was so fast. You know, putting a case together like this, especially in a new area of the law, in 16 days is next to impossible. Yeah. So more often than not, what we had to do was call the hospital and tell them that you're committing this and this and this, you know, uh, civil violations and possible criminal violations, and that we're going to come after you with this and this and this, and that we're going to do this and this and this, and you you might be subject to a wrongful death or this. or, And so we do all these threats and lay out all this, and we send these letters and do all these horrible things to fight these monsters. And I'm going to tell you that... When people called, I can't tell you how many conversations I had to have with people who were telling me, Renz, I'm so happy I talked to you. You're the only attorney doing this in the country. I'm so happy. I know you can help us. I know you can help us. And then I hear, okay, so tell me where your loved one is. Tell me what state, what's their O2, what's their this, what's their that. And I find out there's two or three days. And even if I got them out of the hospital, they wouldn't survive because they're too damaged. Yeah. And so, listen, all I can do with you, mom, dad, brother, sister, is pray. Because your loved one's going to die, and the only one that can save them is God, because the hospital's already murdered them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm a... Yeah, that, you know, I'll tell you, from from my perspective, you know, I during the pandemic, I worked for the Native Americans at Phoenix Indian Medical Center, and I worked float pool, uh, ICU, ER, and hospital supervisor most of the time. Yep. And I cannot tell you how many times as hospital supervisor, uh, a patient was discharged because I looked at them and assessed them. So, yep. uh, so I'll tell you this, you know, a patient comes in, they have a mask on, they're already sick. 
So when they come into triage, their numbers are already low, right? Yep. They're, they're panicking because of fear. They have yep. this stupid face covering on. We it makes it them, worse. Which makes it worse. And then we get them in the room and put oxygen on them and keep the face mask on them. I mean, it was just asinine. And I then know. I get a, oxygen and, and face masks. It's just so stupid, you know? And then they were trying to tell people that, you know, it doesn't lower your oxygen. And I would always say to people, take your mask off and tell me that you don't breathe better. You know darn well that you breathe better without that thing covering your mouth. And yes. no, you know, and so I would get a call from the um, hospitalist and they would say something to the effect, you know, I have patient, you know, so-and-so 29 year old, so-and-so um, here with COVID pneumonia, they are, they are on two liters and we're going to admit them as a COVID patient. Now, Tom, every time I would hear two liters or four liters I would I would think this person does not require admission because I would go down to the patient room and and mind you the hospitalists were not even going in the room 9 out of oh. 10 times to assess the patient they were looking at them through the door and I right. would go well, down Well because they were too too great a risk for, for you know, obviously Exactly exactly they were able to chart report received from nurse um due to lessening covid uh interaction And I would go down to that patient and I would literally just knock on the window and say, take your oxygen off. And they would take their oxygen off. And then I'd watch them for a minute or two and their oxygen levels were normal. And I would call the hospitalist and say, they don't, they don't uh, qualify for remdesivir. They have to be less than 92% on room air. And when you take the mask off and assess them properly, they're sitting at 95, 98%, right? And so then they would discharge them home. But I can't tell you how many times, that's what I'm saying. It was just a stupid protocol and it just kept going and going and going. And, And I agree with you. We murdered people in the hospital with a bonus incentive payout to do so. Well, but Jody, let, let's talk about the million dollar question, right? So you knew this because you're just a smart nurse, right? I mean, you're a smart lady. You 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 thought it through and you did it. But most people weren't most of these doctors and nurses weren't trying to murder anybody. They right. weren't trying to kill people. They just followed orders. So yeah. the real question is who put those orders in place? Don't tell me that the same orders were put in place all over the country by accident. And right. don't tell me that these doctors who were and nurses, you know, who put this together didn't know this. I mean, I can show you, you know, all the cautionary papers from the from the uh, FDA, CDC, HHS on, you know, event interventions and things like that. I mean, they know that this is dangerous. They know that it's going to cause secondary infections. They know all these problems. Everything they did, they knew was going to hasten death. They did it intentionally. And it isn't the doctors and nurses that followed orders, although at some point, once you did that a few times, if that doctor continued to ignore what you were doing or to argue with you, then that doctor, in my opinion, became complicit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, you know, once someone tells you and you continue to ignore the truth, then you're then you're part of the problem. But the reality is, is that this whole thing was managed from on high and no one to this day. Not once have I heard a single person say who put out the policy, where did it come from and what, where can we see it? Because it was absolutely coordinated on high. And it was absolutely a policy on a national level. And it was absolutely done with knowledge that it was going to cause people to die. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's what I'm hoping that my case helps to shine some light on, as well as there's other ones that we don't even know about. Right. There's there's other people that are are fighting this fight. Um, I, I'm assuming. Right. Because no, there are there are because, you know, and I tell people, don't lose hope. Don't lose, you know, don't just say we don't know who they are because we're hoping to get to they, you know, in our deposition phase, you know, when I'm talking with my attorney about it, I said, we don't really need to depose the doctors, you know, that got in trouble for doing what they, you know, were doing. We need to depose the higher ups, the, the admiral, yep. the rear admiral, admiral Waiaki, right from IHS that sent out those those protocols, um, you know, every now and again of what we're doing. We need to depose the Fauci. We need to depose the certain other people um, because you're right. Like it's seemingly overnight ethics were abandoned. Evidence-based practice was abandoned and everybody, you know, got this, this memo that they were going to do this protocol and they were not going to treat for secondary infection. Now, prior to this, you know, we had a really big viral uh, season, right? And November, December, January, uh, 2019, yeah. 2020. And yeah. we were discharging people with viral infection, you know, pretty undiagnosed, and they would send them home with an antibiotic just to prevent secondary infection. When COVID came, we stopped giving steroids. We stopped giving antibiotics. I mean, I would tell doctors, you know, and even part of my case, you know, there was a few people that I got sputum samples on and yeah. I, and they had community acquired pneumonias that went untreated and all three of them died. Yep. Well, you, you, you know what you said that I really want to, I think one of the most profound things, and I, that's why I looked behind me. So I have right here, evidence-based practice in nursing and healthcare. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's when I was working on my master's work on uh, in the cell science stuff, that was one of the courses I took. And I'll tell you that actually um, my coursework on the master's degree program there was for the evidence-based practice in nursing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a nurse, but, but uh, yeah, the, the, the course was... Uh, part of the, the the program but that is where i was studying uh this COVID stuff that's where i found all this yeah. so what i did and uh my introduction to COVID was i had done the epidemiology class and the biostats on it and stuff like that but i got to the evidence-based practice and i decided you know the, the the biostats and epidemiology classes were showing me that there was something fishy about it but when i did the evidence-based practice class I was looking because they were, this was back when they were talking about lockdowns. They hadn't done it all yet. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, well, let's do an evidence-based practice 
document and I did as a, a paper in that class, an evidence-based practice document. And I did a white paper on COVID. What we knew in, you know, prior to lockdowns in 2020 and compared it to TB and the flu and some of these other things, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. When I started to do that paper, I wanted to run comparisons, comparable numbers using human, you know, using proper statistics, right? Proper biostats, uh, you know, look at the epidemiology of this whole thing. And when I started looking at the statistics that were being reported by the government, none of them were reported. All healthcare issues are reported the same way. So if you talk about how you die from the flu, all the statistics are reported the same as how you die from tuberculosis, how you die from this, how you die from that. COVID, they changed all the numbers. Mm -hmm. They changed how they got the numbers. Mm -hmm. So when I started to try and do this paper, I said, well, I can't do this. I'm comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, They changed how they come up with the stats. So they played numbers games to manipulate the public. And when you talk about this, nothing about COVID was based on evidence, unless it's unless you look at it as evidence to kill people. Yeah. The, the protocols were, they used evidence to put in bad things, bad protocols. They knew evidence shows innovation uh, is usually a bad thing if you can avoid it. Yeah. Evidence shows remdesivir was not safe. Evidence shows, you know, wearing masks is going to lower your O2 levels. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, evidence shows, I mean, and they knew all of this and the studies were there yeah. beforehand. Well, that's so, the thing. They evidence showed that isolating people, yeah. right? <laughs> it was a very big detriment. Now you isolated people and you took away their advocate. Wow. Yep. Well, and you lie to the nurses, mm -hmm. the nurses whose job it is to advocate for the patients. You tell them you can't get near them or you're going to die. You can't do this or they're going to die. And if you don't do that, you're going to die. And they put out the little memos to all the nurses filled with lies, not not mistruths, not half-truths, outright lies about this disease and things that they knew. They knew early on. Uh, John Aonitis, one of the, the leading epidemiologists on the planet, the guy that nobody ever argues with and who turned out to be 100% right, said in the summer of 2020 that you're going to see a case fatality rate falling in at under 0.2% on COVID. And he was right. We knew this immediately while they're out there dancing about, oh, it's going to be this terrible thing, 4%, this, that, and other. You know, and even when they said 4%, TB's, the original SARS was nine, the original MERS was 30, and we didn't lock down for either of them. Right. So this whole thing was fraud from the beginning. It was done intentionally, mm -hmm. and none of it was based on anything related to evidence, unless the evidence you're talking about is evidence that they were using uh, using this to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, for, and furthermore, you know, remember how they went back and forth and said, oh, this is a contact virus, you oh, know, yeah. wipe down everything. I just yeah. did an interview with a pastor up from the Tuba City, Navajo Nation. And yeah. th that one is just it's mind blowing. I mean, yeah. what they had them do, they had them wipe the outside shrink wrap, then the box. And then every single piece or every single item in there. And then it had to get moved for seven days to wait. I mean, it, it's just like, and, and, and people followed this. Well, they still do. I still get on airplanes and see idiots getting their little swabs and wiping down the airplane like it's going to make any difference to anything. 
Yeah. I mean, I it's usually some idiot that's still wearing two masks. Right. I, you know, some people were so damaged by this mm-hmm. that I mean, and listen, yeah, it's really easy for me to call them idiots because, well, they kind of are. <laughs> but you know, there's a reality that they may be idiots. But this was a very, very, very well-planned and orchestrated scheme to sow that kind of fear and those kind of mental health issues. These are now people who have legitimate mental health issues, fear of germs, fear of this, fear of that. They've become mental health issues that we've actually nurtured into being through this, this, this horrific fear campaign. You know, yeah, and it they, was... they absolutely knew what they were doing on all of these levels. All the the alcoholics, right, or all the people that had been in recovery, locking yeah. down. They couldn't go to AA. Yes, I mean that is a big majority of our population for people to get together and and to you know stay sober. You know, yeah. I mean it. It's it's mind blowing. You know, I want to talk about when we come um, back from the break, what Anthony Fauci is able to get away with and what he continues to do. Uh, there was a, a testimony hearing and, and I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this. We're going to go over a few highlights uh, of what his testimony was. But before we do, guys, check out our sponsor, ASEA. It is a cell signaling supplement with the redox technology. You know, many, many of you guys know like that, that's a lot of big words, but essentially it is one of the only supplements out there that targets your cell at the cellular level where the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell uh, performs to increase cellular turnover and, and just to help the cells function optimally. It is a drink that I take two ounces in the morning, two ounces at night. And um, it tastes essentially just like salt water. Uh, There's not a bunch of crazy ingredients. You could read all of the ingredients on the label um, and go to americaoutloud.shop and get the exclusive discount for America Out Loud talk radio listeners. We will be right back after the break. It's time and this is what Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. 
get heart healthy, go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley uh, on a Nurses Out Loud. I want to um, just encourage you guys to reach out to us. You can send us an email at nurses at americaoutloud.com, nurses at americaoutloud.com. We are open to having nurse co-hosts on our nurse Q&As on Tuesdays or on Thursdays for our nurse news analysis. We want to hear your stories and we want to empower and encourage uh, you guys to come forward, whether that be, you know, anonymously or not, but we are committed to standing in the gap for you until you have um, the courage to stand up, which that is a big part of our show. Um, and the reason why we have been doing this for well over a year. So make sure that you are liking, sharing, reviewing our show on any of the podcast apps that you are listening to us now on. It is very important because it boosts us up in the algorithm. And so joining me today is a prominent American medical freedom attorney, Tom Renz, who has been fighting this fight for years um, I am just so honored to have him in my corner and in all of our corners. He has been fighting for us, guys, and he continues to do so. Uh, but Tom, on, on January 10th, there was um, Wenstrup, who is 
a chair, the chairman of the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic um, issued the following statement after the second day of Dr. Anthony Fauci's transcribed interview. He says, after two days of testimony and 14 hours of questioning, many things became evident. During his interview today, Dr. Fauci claimed that the policies and mandates he promoted may unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. He testified that the lab leak hypothesis, which was often suppressed, was in fact not a conspiracy theory. Further, the social distancing recommendations forced on Americans sort of just appeared and were likely not based on scientific data. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I'm going to I'm going to throw everybody off on this because my thoughts on this are not what I think everybody would expect. Mm -hmm. uh, I very strongly believe that Fauci can't be buried deeply enough under Gitmo. And I don't think there's any question about that. But I think far more importantly, we need to look at this. So Brad Wenstrup, uh, who's an Ohio Congress, I'm from Ohio. Uh, he's out of the Cincinnati area and he got $168,000 last campaign cycle from Big Pharma. He was put in the position of, of committee chair, in my opinion, to obfuscate and to avoid getting to the real problem. You notice that he said, that uh, these policies are going to uh, unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. What's unfortunate about telling the truth and making people question what's going on? Now, I was pro-vax up until I started digging into this, which happened because of COVID, right? I didn't dig into Dang. this. So, uh, you know, I was all that. But now that I've dug into it, I found I should have been skeptical and I should have had vaccine hesitancy my whole life. And I hope everybody else does. This was, this is, and what you're seeing right now is a political game to try and throw Fauci under the bus and make him a scapegoat. Now, mind you, he's not going to ever see any real punishment or jail time. They're not going to do anything real. They're having hearings. They're blaming Fauci. They get a headline. Oh, Fauci's evil. But is he in jail? No. Has anybody placed any criminal charges against Fauci for murder? Has anybody gone after him for anything? No. They no. just talk. This is garbage. And then they talk out both sides of their mouth. Oh, Fauci's evil because he's creating vaccine hesitancy. No. That's not why he's evil. He's evil for murdering people and putting out a fake vaccine that's killed far more people than anything else. But Winstrup won't ask that because he's there to make us, it's sleight of hand. Look at my right hand, look at my right hand. Don't pay attention to what's happening in my left hand. And so this is what's going on. Now, Fauci did do all of these things and it's, he did a lot more than that. I mean, a lot, lot more. But there's there's nothing in here about who's behind it. You know, they don't talk about this. Yeah, there's an interesting thing. If you in that that uh that press release, if you go to the bullet points, yeah, it says uh Fauci denies allegations he visited the CIA during the pandemic or influenced CIA's investigation of the origins. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting in light of the fact that I've presented government documents that show that the CIA was involved with the creation of COVID. What yeah. do you mean he was he wasn't trying to influence? He didn't need to. They were influencing him. They were it's the tail wagging the dog here, right? Yeah. Uh, listen, I went and in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene's hearing, 
in Washington, I provided a declaration under penalty of perjury that I put my name on. Okay, no lawyers put their names on a, a declaration. Lawyers never testify. They just, they always, yeah, I put my name on it. Mm -hmm. And I said that I did the due diligence necessary to verify these medical records that I shared with them that showed that we had a soldier that received the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine five times in the year 2014. That has not been reported anywhere, anywhere. That is the only one that's pushing that out there is me. The reason they don't want us looking at this, the CIA, the DOD was actively involved. Here's how you've got to understand this. As they keep pointing to Fauci, you have to understand that legally, Fauci was tied in with the Department of Defense's bioweapons development program. The, the director of NIAID, the, the, his role in the CDC involved him in that. So he was working with these guys from the get-go. The idea that he wasn't involved with the CIA DOD is absurd. Second of all, let's think about this. And I ask the listeners to think about this. We know that Ralph Barrick from the University of North Carolina was working with EcoHealth Alliance. I know because I have it under oath in a court. And I've provided all the documents. Nobody's even contesting that. Mm -hmm. And they were working on a project that, that facilitated the creation of SARS-CoV-2. To do that, Ralph Barrick had to take this technology that he developed at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and through EcoHealth Alliance, give it to China. Mm -hmm. They had to take it to a country that's an avowed enemy of the United States, and that's promised to use bioweapons technology against us. Does anybody listening to me really think that he didn't have to go through an approval process with the Department of Defense and the State Department and all these others to transfer bioweapons technology to the Chinese Communist Party? Right. He did by law. By law, he had to go through this process. There is no question that our DOD and CIA was involved in this. Yet Wenstrup, who clearly knows this or should know this, is over here talking about whether or not Fauci visited the CIA. He didn't need to. He had already the CIA was actively involved. This is a dog and pony show. This COVID committee is a dog and pony show. It's a joke. And what I'm really worried about is that it, you know that if they get far enough that they actually do something with Fauci that the American public's going to say, well, that takes care of it. Because mm -hmm. guess what? Now we're moving towards disease X, which is an instant replay of COVID. We've got the technology transferred. Mm -hmm. We're doing the gain-of-function bioweapons development in tons of other places. Mm -hmm. And I will almost guarantee you that both the disease and the vaccine are sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Uh, because we just I just put out on my Substack, uh, was it last weekend? a really big article talking about this. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of peculiarities. Like, you know, they're talking about disease X and when it's coming and how it's coming. And they're saying things like, it's going to have a 20% fatality rate. How the, how the hell do you know that if it doesn't exist? Right. Why do they have all this information? Why are they doing the same tabletop exercises that they were doing for COVID? Mm -hmm. It's just more of the same stuff. But instead of our elected officials working to get to the bottom of this and actually realize what's happening, they're just signing right in and they're just going right along with it because Big Pharma has a lot of money 
And guys like Brad Wenstrup don't want to fight big pharma. They want their support. Yeah. I mean, I, my question is like, you know, it, it does say on here that Fauci acknowledged that the lab leak hypothesis is not a conspiracy theory. This comes nearly four years after prompting the publication of the now infamous proximal origin paper that attempted to vilify and disprove the lab leak hypothesis. I mean, I think many of us remember Rand Paul's, you know, um, you know, questioning to Fauci and like how as an attorney, Tom, does he get away with this to say, oh, Oh, yeah, right. I lied under oath. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw Peter, uh, Navarro just got sentenced, you know, uh, to, to jail for four months for uh, ignoring a subpoena to Congress. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Biden stood out in front of Congress and said, Nana, Nana, boo, boo, I'm ignoring your subpoena and no one's doing a thing. Yeah. The reason that Fauci is getting away with this is because there's big, powerful people that don't want him prosecuted. And the Biden Justice Department is the most corrupt Justice Department in the history of America. Uh, We just have a broken and corrupt system. You know, Fauci has lied before Congress 50 times, but I don't see any prosecution. I don't see anybody moving to prosecute him. Why? Why? Why do we have guys like Wenstrup and Jim Jordan out there asking the CIA, hey, who do you think created COVID? What do you mean? Who do you think they did? What are they going to tell you is us? Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely nonsense. And these guys know this. Yeah. They know this. They know what I testified to in Congress. They know that I've dropped the paperwork because I've sent it to them. Mm-hmm. They're liars. They're crooks. And I'm talking about the Republicans. You should see what the Democrats do. They're worse. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it just he's getting away with it. Because they need Fauci to be the scapegoat. Now, he's not going to get punished because he knows where the bodies are buried. Mm -hmm. But he's going to get vilified from now until forever on this. And we're just going to keep talking about it and beating him up in hearings and not do a damn thing because they don't actually want to do anything about it. They're just waiting for disease X and the new vaccines and the new this and new that. And then they can justify their WHO treaty and this and that and the other. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, there's no accountability anywhere. If there was accountability people might be worried about doing it again. And what do you, you know, what do you think you're familiar with my case um possibly a little bit, right? Like well, yeah. Yeah, what do you think that my case can do for this? A lot. A lot. Now I'll tell you Jody that actually uh, what we ought to do and I'll just I'll you know, I don't mind saying this publicly. You know, if uh as you guys get ready to go into the deposition process and and you know, continue through the discovery process, um, it probably wouldn't hurt. And I'd be willing if we can make the time to talk to your lawyers a little bit about some things that they should probably be asking. Yeah. Um, there, there are some things that they really need to pursue. And uh, I think it could be monumental. And at the end of the day, I don't care who gets there first. I just care that we get to freedom. So, you know, I would have no hesitation about that. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I can't, you know, I obviously would have to work through your attorneys and right. I would never presume to insert myself into something like that. I'm just offering my advice as it may be uh, to them on a couple different topics, because I think it's important. And the fact that you guys are as far as you are in the case is really a critical thing. It also is a testament to your attorneys that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Um, My one attorney. (laughs) I have one. Mike Gilder. 
Well, we you do, know, this is but we we do have a team, right? I mean, yeah. all of us are a team. We all want to support one another. It's like if I can testify for you, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of us that are working together. Well, listen, you know, it's a hard thing in, in this realm because it's very passionate and everybody cares a lot about it. And so it's like anything else. Some people have big egos. Some people are this, some are that. But at the end of the day, there's so many good people like you and like the other nurses and like, you know, there's, there's some good lawyers. There's a lot of good people that just want to see us get over the finish line. Mm -hmm. I'd like to include myself in that, right? I don't yeah. care that everybody says high five, Renz, you did it. Right. You know, at this at this point, my name is more than well no well known enough. I don't care. I just want I just want justice. That's what I'm here for. So you know, like we give away. I've given away more work on this, and I'll you know I've given away on anything in my life, and it's okay <laughs> as long as we get there. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing to see this kind of. I don't know the way that the way that so many good people have come together on an issue, you know, and it, it's necessary because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're hitting in there. I, I just dropped the FDA document from 2006. I don't know if you saw this one, mm -mm. but uh, the 2006 FDA industry guidance on gene therapies, which absolutely includes these COVID vaccines. Yes. And they said uh, th this industry guidance was uh, titled Delayed Adverse Reactions. Um, and what it what it talked about is with these gene therapy drugs, there was a very severe risk that three to five years out, you'd see a spike in cancers and autoimmune issues and other issues. Yeah. We're three to five years out. And what are we seeing? An explosion of these turbo cancers, an explosion of these other issues. It's absolutely from these vaccines. But, you know, part of the trick here with these vaccines was to do something that was going to have a delayed reaction. That way they could say, well, we have it's another zoonotic spillover. It's another disease. It's another it's not another anything. It's the covid vaccines. Right. You know, I mean, uh, there's no question what's going on here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this whole thing was planned. They knew going all the way back to 2006, they put out industry guidance that this is what would happen. Mm -hmm. Yet. Here we are, you know, and no one even knows about it. Yeah. You know, I'll say one more thing and then we can stop talking about him because I want to get your uh, opinions on a couple other things. But guys, you know, those little circles that were everywhere. Yeah. Fauci says, quote, they just sort of appeared. No evidence based. None of that. And, and no. the thing that is so maddening about that is how absolutely insanely idiotic they were that yeah. everybody almost anywhere that you go you can find remnants of these little yeah. circles everywhere that nurses and doctors and some of the most educated people followed and yeah. and still follow if, if they came out with those circles again they'd be standing on them yeah. you know it, it's just wild well tom let me get your opinion on what's happening at the border in texas you know, the Supreme Court ruled. Well, first of all, let's talk about the Supreme Court rule that Texas didn't have a right to defend itself. What's that about? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, so th there wasn't final disposition on the case. And that's that's part of the issue. One of the things that happens and uh, listen, I'm in no way, shape or form OK with that, the way that the, the SCOTUS handled that. OK, I don't like that at all. SCOTUS has done a bunch of things that I don't love right now. But 
one of the things that happens is a lot of time they'll report, oh, the court did this, and people don't necessarily understand the nuance of what they did. And this is one of those cases. But that said, um, there is, and General Flynn posted an op-ed in, uh, I think, in Brownstone on this, and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I think it's really an important thing. Uh under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, the uh, the federal government has a duty to, to keep safe, states safe from invasion. Now, you have to understand constitutionally what's going on here. What we have is that we see a huge increase in, in crime. We see literally millions of people coming across the border. We see, I mean, it is it is the absolute definition of an invasion. Yeah. Okay. The federal government has abdicated its duty, its legal duty to deal with this. So right now, the position of our federal government is that the, the states who are being invaded are supposed to sit on their hands and allow the invasion and do nothing about it because, I don't know, the SCOTUS said maybe, the, maybe that's not right. Now, here's the deal. To, to believe that this argument holds weight, you have to you have to believe that these states would have came together to form the United States. They would have joined the Union knowing that if they were ever invaded, they weren't allowed to defend themselves. Right. That's absurd. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely absurd. That is not the intent. That was not the meaning. That is not what was expected. This is without a doubt unconstitutional. And what you have is clever lawyering playing games. I would love to see an Article 4, Section 4 rocket case, rocket case filed. Or, you know, some, I, This needs to be addressed by the SCOTUS immediately, and these states do have a right. And uh, you know, I'm just going to be real honest. I've seen this happen a number of times recently, and I've talked about publicly, not, a, not enough apparently, but I need to talk about it more, the fact that right now the Supreme Court of the United States and a number of the other federal courts who are acting in ways that are so absurd that they could only be described as corrupt are actually risking faith in the judiciary. And mm -hmm. if that faith is shaken, it's gone. It yeah. won't come back. The judiciary, uh, you know, they have to be, it has to be based on reason. It has to be based on logic, on justice. And you can't lie to the people about this. When you refuse to hear election cases, when you refuse to rule on cases that are quite obvious what they are, when you start looking like a duck and quacking like a duck, if it looks corrupt and acts corrupt and sounds corrupt and smells corrupt, it's probably corrupt, yeah. right? And uh, we are, I hate using the word corruption, but you have to ask yourself, what are we doing here? And I'm not talking specifically about the Supreme Court. I'm talking about a number of these courts that keep uh, finding ways. The J6 courts are a great example. Mm -hmm. The J6 defendants are in a place where you've got 80-some percent of the jury pool is convinced that it was an insurrection, convinced that it was evil, convinced it was this, convinced it was that, yet they keep getting tried there. They're getting a fair trial. There's no fair trial. You've got judges ignoring the rules of evidence, ignoring the rules of procedure, or just creating new rules ad hominem. And yet, yet they continue with this. Yeah. The judiciary is destroying its own credibility. And frankly, as an attorney, I'm very concerned about my profession.
Right. I, I'm concerned because I think that that we are risking our credibility as a profession that is that exists based on credibility. So this is a disaster. And uh, you know, the everything about what's occurring at the southern border is absolutely illegal, absolutely unconstitutional. The southern border is one of 50 different reasons that Biden should be impeached and should be out of office. Yeah. But we have no we can't even get our Republicans. And this is something that I wanted to because, listen, we expect the Democrats to be corrupt. We know the Democrats are corrupt. Yeah. The question is, why won't Jim Jordan file articles of impeachment against uh, uh, Joe Biden? Well, yeah, it's the same reason that they aren't actually doing anything with Anthony Fauci. Yeah. And we need to ask ourselves what that reason is. Right. I mean, you're we're sitting here now, you know, you're, you're mourning, you know, your profession, right, for what you're going through. They targeted health care. Yep. So that's the same. I feel you on that. It's like yep. nobody trusts us anymore. We have our teachers. It's like that. this is what they're doing. It's so systematic yep. um, in their approach on how they're degradating the Western values uh, that we stand for. And yeah, I mean, do you think, you know, because Joe Biden is supposed to uh, send what the army down there to to get Texas to tear down their wire fence? What do you think is going to happen with that? Scary or times. What could happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everybody know the worst case scenario is, you know, the, the conflict breaks out. I don't know. You know, I mean, it becomes a game of, uh, uh, you know, who blinks first. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a whole bunch of states backing Texas. And the question is, you know, how bad does Joe Biden want to start a civil war? Yeah. And, you know, do any Republicans actually have the resolve to do anything about it? Uh, yeah. At this point, I don't think there's any question that what's occurring is uh, illegal. I don't think there's any question that what's occurring is is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and. Yeah. Everybody likes to think that we're a nation of law and we've become civilized and we're beyond this and beyond that. But I'm going to be real honest. When it comes down to it, it's whoever's got the most and the biggest guns that makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who's going to fight the hardest? And the question is, who's going to blink first on the southern border? And that's the way it is. Right now, you know, my bets are the Republicans will back down because that's what they do. They all sell out. There's yeah. only a handful of good Republicans. Uh, you know, the rest of them are, are just Democrat light uniparty, uh, sellouts. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm very concerned and I'm just going to tell you for anybody that's not aware, buckle up for 2024. Yeah. Uh, I actually told my wife and family, you know, my wife's fighting cancer and we're actually working through because, you know, she has cancer. So we have all these things going on. And I've just told her, I said, if I don't, I have to be I have to put every ounce that I've got into this fight in 2024 because if I don't we won't ha- our kids won't be free. Our con- we won't come back from this. And so, you um, know, it's it's tough because you got the things going on at home, you got all these things happening and I'm just praying that God gives us the strength and the capacity and the hours in the day to do everything necessary. I'm also praying so you mentioned the teachers, you mentioned the nurses, you mentioned the lawyers. You know, here's the thing. I, you've got a lawyer talking to a nurse right here. There are some that stood up and did what's right. Here's the th- what people need to understand is when you put your head down and sell out because you're too cowardly 
to take a stand because, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just one person. It won't matter what I do anyways. You are a greater part of the problem than you could ever imagine because one person can make a difference if they'll take a stand, but you've got to be willing to do it. And I've got to pray that in 2024, enough people finally get fed up enough that they realize that their kids don't have a future unless they quit selling out, they pull their heads out of their rear ends and they start standing for what's right. Oh, amen. That is a good word. Good word. Good, good way to end the show. How can people uh, reach you, Tom? TomRens.com. Best way. TomRens.substack.com. TomRens.com. Of course, we got a show here on the America Out Loud Network. We do a show on Rumble and Twitter uh, most most weekdays. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all over the place. And, you know, listen, lawfare is what we have to do. Lawfare is the combination of strategic litigation, pushing for legislative reform, and educating and activating the public to make it all happen. We have to push out the media. We have to push out the message. Share this show. I urge people, share this show. Share the Out Loud Network. Listen to this. Listen to what we're doing. Help us share TomRens.com. Share us on Twitter. Yeah, I'm censored all over the place. Help me get the word out. I want to fight. I just got to have people helping me do it. Amen. You guys heard that. That That is exactly what we need to do. I mean, who would have thought that the me, uh, one nurse could be in this battle right now, getting Fauci deposed and the rest of them in a few weeks. You see what I'm saying, guys? Tom speaks the truth. He is telling you. I mean, we are committed. We are doing this because we are called to do that. And I want everyone now to search your heart. Why are you here on earth right now at this moment in time? What is it that God has for you, has in store for you? What are the purposes that you were created for? He created you, but the enemy is using you. He is using your mind through fear and propaganda to make you afraid. I tell people all the time, we just have to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but don't be that person to have yo ye of little faith when you meet God on Judgment Day. We are all going to pass away from this earth. And what is it that you are going to answer to in front of our Father when that time comes? Guys, until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time and then.